2: everybody it is tuesday may 9th 2023 and it is indeed a heck of a morning we are live on the mma fighting twitter spaces you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the mma fighting podcasting network happy tuesday to all of you i am mike Heck. obviously we're coming off a very busy weekend in the world of mixed martial arts we had one championship on friday demetrius johnson Retains his one, they call it a flyweight title, but secondly a bantamweight title against Adriana Marías. We saw Roberto Soldic shockingly, shockingly lose and get finished. Sage Northcutt had a successful return to the fight space, getting a first round submission. And then the following night, we had UFC 288 and Aljamain Sterling retains his Bantamweight title, split decision win over Henry Cejudo. Some of the weirder scorecards you may ever see in your life. One judge scored it for Henry Cejudo after rewatching the fight a couple of different times. I just don't know how you can do that. And one judge actually scored the fifth round for Aljamain Sterling, which makes absolutely no sense. And that judge... Had he scored that fifth round correctly, we would be having a completely different conversation right now. We'd be talking about Henry Cejudo as the Bantamweight champion. But in the end, the right fighter won. Aljamain Sterling retains his title. And now he appears to be on a collision course with one sugar Sean O'Malley. Dana White wants that fight to happen in Boston. Looks like August 19th is going to be when that card takes place. That seems to be the targeted date. You know me. I'm very excited. We don't get a lot of high-level MMA events in Boston. So hopefully I get the hot tag to go back home and get to cover that one. But be that as it may. We also saw some pretty good fights on this card. Some really interesting pieces of matchmaking. And we saw some great performances. Bilal Muhammad... Super short notice, one sided win against Gilbert Burns in a fight that I've talked about a million times. Did not, this card did not need that fight. They could have waited to put that fight together. But in the end, a somewhat injured Bilal Muhammad defeated a somewhat injured Gilbert Burns. I don't use the injuries or anything like that as an excuse. I would have picked Bilal Muhammad to win that fight if he gave those guys four months' notice. We talked about that on the show. But one sided win for Bilal and. He is the contender in weight right now because Leon Edwards is more than likely going to fight Colby Covington next. And Bilal Muhammad, as of right now, is expected to get the winner of that fight. Will that happen? That is a totally different question altogether. But as of right now, I feel pretty confident that Bilal is the man in weight. The only hindrance to all of this, in my opinion, is if Conor McGregor fights Michael Chandler anywhere in the neighborhood of that Edwards-Covington fight. Because you know that if Connor beats Michael Chandler, he's probably jumping the line. So we have to prepare ourselves for a potential world where that does happen. Great performance from Jan Janan. Stops Jessica Andrade just over two minutes. What a performance. I know some people were a little down on the stoppage. I, I guess I get it, but it is what it is. We've seen way worse. Mobzarov Loyev gets the win over. It's just an absolutely game Diego Lopez, what a friggin' fight that was! And Charles Jourdain beats Crone Gracie. I don't think Crone Gracie is uh, is long for this UFC world. If we're being honest, big win for Matt Frivola. Stops Drew Dober in the first round. Kennedy and Chichuku looked incredible against Devin Clark. Gets the standing gilly cast. Williams-Rolando Bedoya had a great fight. Bedoya has improved immensely. That was that was a fun fight. A lot of people scored that one for Bedoya. Don't have an issue with it. I scored it for Chaos Williams watching it live. Verna Janderroba, big win over Marita Rodriguez. Paca Porta takes a step closer to the John Jones rematch. Ikram Alaskarov, dude, is a problem. Knocks out Phil Haas in just over two minutes. And Claudio Ribeiro kicked the night off with a second round TKO win over Joseph Holmes. So we'll obviously talk about that. I am told that later on in the program, we're going to be joined by a special guest. We have another busy weekend upon us in the world of mixed martial arts. We have, obviously, the UFC in Charlotte on Saturday. Let me just say this, something that I tweeted out on Sunday. That Charlotte card starts at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. I mean, just music to my ears. makes me feel so happy. But before that, on Friday, Bellator returns to Paris, France. Bellator 296, or Bellator Paris is someone somewhat known as. The main event in the middleweight division will be former champ Gegard Mousasi taking on Fabian Edwards, the brother of UFC welterweight champion Leon Edwards. I am told that Fabian Edwards, one half of that main event, is going to hop on here and chat with all of you and all of us to preview that fight with Gegard Mousasi. Not sure when that's going to happen, somewhere 1045, 11-ish Eastern, I'm told uh so looking forward to chatting with fabian edwards and you guys can certainly ask him questions as well so let's get to the callers let's get to all of you four corner sports was first in line so we will begin there hello four corner Sports.
3: hey good um good morning um so i know i kind of i tweeted at you about chrome Gracie's uh, performance and i know on friday i did say that What's it called? What's going to happen if Chrome, Gracie, if Chrome Gracie loses? Well, we need an APB for him. Well, I, I don't think anybody in this chat is going to want to have an APB for Chrome Gracie with the way that his performance was. I know we had a similar performance earlier in the year with Claudio Puez versus Dan Hooker, but this just topped it off. And as frustrating as watching that fight was, I mean, Gracie was, it seemed like Gracie was trying to fight as if this fight was being held in 1993. And him fighting very limitedly, him being away from the sport for four years, I mean, I thought he would have tried to improve on his striking, but it just was very putrid to see, you know, just one fighter actually trying to fight and another fighter just trying to just focus on trying to bring somebody down and use that as his only uh, method as to um, trying to, you know, maybe gather a win. It was a horrible watch. Um, I didn't like it at all. I know a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people that I was with watching the fight as well um weren't pleased and were wondering and were wondering why was this on the main card. I mean I knew why it was a main card because of the last name and the cachet that the Gracies have when, when it comes to mixed martial arts and in the UFC. But I wanted to know what, what you thought about that. Um the main event, what's it called? I had it um Algernon Round one um was it Aljo one um round one, round three in round four. Uh, I know it was, some people had it, you know, Aljo, what's it called? Round two. And so was it called? Round three. I want to know how you had it. I just felt that what's it called? Um, Henry's gonna have a very difficult, um, time, you know, dealing with, um, featherweights. If he really does want to have to go up, I do like the matchup with him fighting Marab, but even at this late stage in his career, I do believe that, um, Marab will get the better of, um, of uh, Henry Cejudo just because of um, he's in a chain wrestle. I know that Cejudo isn't uh, try to, you know, um, stop a lot of those chain wrestlings, but I think, what's it called? Uh, Mara being more active fighter and Henry being a little bit older. I just think that that plays into a factor. And I just don't think Henry Cejudo is going to get very much well success. Uh, And one of my my last points is um, I wouldn't be surprised if Leon Edwards versus uh, What's it called? Uh, Colby Covington gets pushed in a little bit earlier. I know everybody says October because that's what Leon says, but do you think it's possible that Kobe Covington versus uh, versus Leon Edwards actually gets booked sometime in the, in the summer, like maybe August or September? Um, just because that the UFC has never really um had um Leon's back, and I don't see why they would actually have him now. You know, after everything that they have put him through. All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand why
2: the Chrome Greasy fight was on the main card. It was one of the more talked about fights on the entire card, like leading into Saturday. And we all just thought, like, there's no way it's going to go the way that it actually went. And then sure enough, it went the way it actually went. So um, the one thing that kind of irks me about all this is that Charles Jourdain is getting like zero credit for the win. And Charles did a good job. Charles did a good job when Gracie was pulling – jumped guard a bunch of times and was able to stay out of trouble, and he just kind of beat the hell out of Crone Gracie. So good win for Charles Jourdain. I don't know what to do with Cron Gracie. I love the Ryan Hall fight idea if you want to give him one more chance. Like why the hell not? If you're going to throw him in there with anybody, I feel like Ryan Hall would be the guy. So sure, we could do that. Aljo, I don't know. I, I've gotten like different – reads every time i watch it, watching it live. I scored at 48, 47 for Sterling. I think I gave the first two rounds to Aljo. I might've given three to Cejudo and then four to Aljo and five to Henry. But again, that's watching it during the watch party and there's so much going on with me and GC and Rob Font was there. So we're trying to get him actively involved in the conversation. So you can only do so much rewatching it. i watched it twice. I watched it yesterday And I watched it Sunday morning. Sunday morning, I scored it 4-1 for Sterling. 1, 2, 3, and 4. And then Cejudo wins 5. And then I watched it yesterday, and I went, I changed it up a little bit more. Sterling won 3 and 4. I gave Cejudo round 2. And I'm pretty happy with that card. 19-19 heading into 3. I thought Sterling won round 3. Sterling clearly won round 4. And then Cejudo clearly won round five. So that's how I scored it. Where Cejudo goes, I don't know. I like the Marab fight for the just kind of where he is. Like, that is a hard fight to call for. I will say this. There is a part of me that's like Corey Sandhagen probably deserves that Marab fight. Especially if Aljo is to fight Sean O'Malley in August. I'm picking Aljo to win that fight. And then if he vacates the title, what do you – I mean – I don't know. It's it's very weird. It's very weird. If Sean O'Malley wins, like Henry Cejudo could find his way into a title fight. I don't know. But maybe Corey Sandhagen can just get the winner of that fight for a vacant title or whatever. I don't know. But Corey Sandhagen should be 100% in the mix here. And as far as the Leon Colby stuff goes, uh, I actually talked to Colby yesterday. That interview will be coming up on the YouTube channel probably sometime today. Uh, Colby wants August. Colby wants August. He feels like Doing it in Abu Dhabi makes absolutely no sense. I kind of agree with him on that because that's usually a card for a lot of the the fighters who get over locally. Like if if you're gonna do if you're gonna do a welterweight title fight on that card, it's not Colby. It's Bilal. Like Bilal would make more sense, but Bilal's not gonna get the title shot. So Colby wants August. Maybe you do it on that Boston card. It's a pretty damn good event. Colby-Leon, main event, and then do Aljo versus Sean O'Malley in the co-main. That's a pretty damn good one-two punch right there. So we'll see what happens. That interview with Colby is pretty interesting because he put over Aljamain Sterling. Put over Aljamain Sterling in a nice way. So stay tuned for that. Let's go to Toke. We don't get to hear from Toke very often. Hi, Toke
4: me often enough? Oh, I need to come on more. Okay. So I'll start with a few congratulatory statements. Uh, And the first one is going to be aimed at you, Mike. I'm sorry. Uh, Congratulations to Jason Tatum for going for the MVP. Um, (laughs) And let's talk about this weekend, though. Because we have a few people that actually did something great this week. We had Bilal Muhammad, who finally got over somewhat, not enough, but, you know, he won the, the bargaining chip championship, uh, which is, he's going to be the guy that, if you see they settle on a date for, Leon Edwards and Colby uh, Covington, and either of those decide, hey, I'm going to try and hardball the UFC, and say that I'm not going to go on this date, Bilal is going to get the call. We have seen, Uh, the UFC be hard on Leon Edwards by removing his ranking and stuff, I wouldn't put it past them to take the belt as well. So I will say this, Bilal, he's ready in the wings. And I know exactly why they did it on this date. It's so they have, uh, so Bilal has the same timeline. And what was the other one? Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to congratulate Dana on uh, making the most nonsensical argument I've ever heard. Which is uh, the power slap numbers. So, and I know you don't talk about power slap. It's fine. I'm going to do it and you can do with it whatever you want. I work in social media. Whatever that guy on the side said about concurrence and all this other stuff, fluff words, mate, that doesn't equal anything. So, say, saying that power slap is more, uh, gets more engagement. And all of those sports combined, I mean, <laughs> he makes Chartri look clever with his lies. And he even, Chartry at least pays Nielsen to publish his lies. Not, not the Nielsen of sports, of uh, social media, which was Dana's nonsensical quote. So that was uh, basically it. Uh, good luck to your Celtics. Uh, maybe don't let uh, Tatum shoot too many three throws. See ya.
2: Or how about you call a timeout every once in a while? That wouldn't have been a bad idea, but I don't want to get into that. I was, I was not happy watching the end of that game. Uh, I was at a, a local establishment in New York watching it, and there were some Philadelphia fans that were there as well, and there was some smack talk, very respectful. Uh, but when the Celtics pissed that game away in OT, I was like, oh, now I have to hear it. And hear it I did. So hopefully they bounce back. I, I saw this are clearly the better basketball team. It's just a matter of you got to put them away. You got to have that killer instinct. And they just don't seem to have it in this postseason, which drives me absolutely insane. Just absolutely insane. Um, yeah, Bilal's in a good spot right now. He's in a good spot uh, for a number of reasons. One, he is not making the money that Leon and Colby are making. So you're right. If something happens with one of those two guys and they want to move forward with this division... Bala will get the call, probably do it for cheaper than either of those two. And Bala will say yes, because that's just the kind of guy he is. But yeah, so I guess in that sense, he's in a good spot. I would say if you're Bala Muhammad, you want this title fight to happen as quickly as possible. Because, like I said, whenever that Connor McGregor, Michael Chandler fight happens, if I'm Bala Muhammad, I am freaking out watching that fight. If we already have that title fight and the next one isn't booked 100%. The David thing was hilarious. Now here's, here's what I'm going to say. He might not be wrong, but it all just depends on what he's actually trying to say. If he's talking about like Twitter and Instagram and, and some of this other stuff, there is no effing way that power slap is generating more views and more interaction than all of those sports combined. Can you make a case that they possibly could have done more than like maybe one of those sports? Maybe because that is a social media product. That is not a television product. So when they signed the deal with TBS, I thought it was the stupidest thing in the world. Because it's not a it's not a television show. It's not bad at all. Nobody cares about the stories of these guys. No one cares that they all lived in a house and all of that. Nobody cares. That's why the numbers were, were awful. Awful. They were so bad. And AEW gave them so many gifts and they just pissed it away. Now, if we're talking just rumble, maybe. Maybe he's not lying when it comes to rumble. But there's just no way that any of that other stuff makes sense. It's just not, there's no chance. There's absolutely no chance. But I don't know. Maybe that day when they had the the live broadcast, maybe that day they did better than everybody. I don't know. But it's just maybe on that platform. But there's no, I mean, the other stuff is just, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But Dan is very good at like taking words and like spinning it. Where it's completely wrong, but there might be like a sliver that he's telling the truth, but just on like one platform. And there's different things about it, different speed bumps and roadblocks and all that stuff that we don't take into account. But to say all of social media, that's a bunch of shit. And I think everybody knows it. Uh, let's go to Eric. What's up, Eric? My dude, I thought, hey, yeah. It's true. I thought Henry Sudo won, but if, yeah, I I think, uh, gonna have, I think Sean and i think a tough matchup for, uh, Sean and because of his long range and stuff. So, and I think Henry, Henry Sudo is going to take one, uh, give to get that fight. And, uh, yeah, and I'm proud of, Mohamed, uh, proud of Bilal and Muhammad too. But if Connor and, uh, Channel happens, bro, I don't know what's going to happen with him. So, thanks, guys. Yeah, if 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 that fight happens, like I said, anywhere in the neighborhood of that title fight, and Connor wins, he's getting the next shot. It, it will not be Blah Muhammad, and he's going to be pissed, and he should be pissed. But that's just that's just the nature of the beast. That's why we always say do the thing, and doing the thing is so important to help get yourself over. And he doesn't do the thing all that often. He wins fights, and that's great, but you got to have the full package. And I thought Bilal was. I thought Bilal did a good job in the post fight. Jed Bishu didn't agree. I thought it was fine. He didn't overshoot himself. He didn't do anything crazy. He just said, Leon Colby doesn't matter. You're both going to get it. And that's fine. Like, that's what he should say. That's what he should say. I think he did a fine job with that. So Hudo, I just don't see Zahudo winning the fight. I-, I-, I will say this, though. If those guys fought again, I would be really intrigued by it. I'd be really intrigued by it. I would probably still pick Aljo again, but I think Cejudo is going to go back and rewatch that first round and see the opportunities he squandered because he squandered some opportunities in that first round. He admitted it himself. And I think there's he could have been a little more aggressive. I think he was winning a lot of the striking exchanges down the stretch. And I thought Cejudo looked good. I thought he looked good in the fight. But it's a Hudo's just not a very quick starter, and I think Aljamain Sterling took advantage of that. But it was a good fight. Even the rewatches were really fascinating to watch. But we're never gonna see those two guys fight again. But if for some reason we did, I would be I would be intrigued to watch it again, see what kind of adjustments Henry can make. I'm not if those guys fought ten times, Aljo ain't winning all ten of those. There's no no way. I would say Aljo wins six or seven, but he ain't winning all of them. It was a good fight. Real good fight.
0: Really enjoyed it. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member
5: FDSC. Let's keep going, Brian. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Uh, I just had a question. Um, one, uh, when it comes to uh, Mosar Evloyev, um, I was kind of, and this is kind of sad because Diego Lopez had a great performance, but like I'm like still looking for more from him. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's the finish. Um, I don't know what it is. But what do you exactly like see next for him? Um, I missed on to the next one, sadly, so I probably could have got my answer there. Uh, but I was, I'm just curious on kind of how you see his route for because he is 7-0, and but, like, it just seems different than, an like, kind of similar to Arnold Allen, but a, in a different way. Like, I'm just, just, like, to take a guy out that he, he, like, had to take him out. I just think that showed a lot less of what Avloyev can do than, like, what Lopez could do personally. Um, that's just me, though. And then also, do you think that uh, it's basically official that Zhang and Yan will have, um, like, a kind of UFC China fight night again or do you think they're going to try to make that a pay-per-view because I think that's that worked out like perfectly for them so I just wanted your opinion on that thanks
2: Mike I think if it was up to them like if they could do it and do that fight in China they would do it in a heartbeat I just don't know if they're going to be able to put it together that quickly either way whether it happens in China or happens in Boston or happens anywhere that is the fight to make 100 percent, you have to put that fight together that has to be the title fight So, yeah, what a performance from Jan. She – I didn't think she was going to – I thought even if she won, she wasn't going to get herself into a title fight. But winning that way, undeniable now. You have to give it to her. And you have to make that fight right now. So, good on her. And nice way to get it done. The Avloya thing is interesting. It's just a whole different fight, man. Like, it's just a whole different fight. Dude stepped in on short notice just preparing for Bryce Mitchell. And he's preparing for a certain style. And then he gets Diego Lopez, which was a mystery to a lot of people. Like, you can only prepare so much for a certain fighter, even if you feel that you're a minus 900 favorite against him. And Diego Lopez showed up, man. He showed up. Avloyev was in some tricky spots, but still, you know, even re-watching that fight, I think I scored it 29-28 at the time. I think one of the judges gave it a 30-27, and I don't think that's a terrible card. He did the job. He won the fight. There was no controversy whatsoever. It was just a risky proposition for him. But again, as we talked about on the show last week, the dude just needs to fight. He needs to get out there and get reps. Can't just fight once a year. You have to get out there and show it. So to me, I want to give him a step up. And as I said, on on to the next one, you mentioned he's in the same spot as a certain person. And that's the person I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight Arnold Allen. Let's see what happens. Let's see if Mavzar can can step up to the plate and make something happen. Love that fight. That's the one I want to see. Dude's got all the talent in the world, but yeah, I'm with you. I think we want to see him kind of – I mean, look at Jan Janan. Hadn't had a finish at all and then showed up against Jessica Andrade and she Jessica Andrade – Jessica Andrade. There you go. I think that's what Mavzar needs as well. Tristan. Hey, Mike. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, um, I even though
6: Bilal won, um, and he did say he had an ankle injury, I that's that brings me back to, and I'm still thinking about what's going to happen with Shafqat Rachmanov now. I don't, I because also too, um, Gilbert Burns uh, is getting an X-ray on the shoulder, I believe, to see what's going on with that. If Gilbert needs surgery on his shoulder, he's out for the year. Now, I don't know who Shavka is left to fight. And mind you, Shavka doesn't very, fight very often. He fights once, twice a year. I mean, I know the other week you want him to fight three or four times this year. I'm like, I'm like, whoa. But, I mean, I don't know what you do with Shafka. I don't know. What do you think the plan, their plans that the UFC has for him? I, I don't know if he fights Kamara Usman because Usman wants um, Hamzat Shamayev. But Dana says, I got to talk to Kamara. If you want Hamza, he's gonna he's gonna have to fight him at 185. He's not gonna fight him at 170 because I don't think Dana trusts Hamza to make 170. It just it's just doesn't. It's not feasible in my, his mindset, the way he was talking. So I it, I really think it it puts Shafkan in such a limbo here. What's gonna happen to him and what plans the UFC has for him? So what's your thought about that? And then also too, where are we at with Michelle Pierre and Wonderboy? Is is that fight still going to be rebooked for another date, or is they're just going to scrap it altogether and have Wonder Boy fight somebody else, or maybe have Michelle Paito have fight somebody else? Um, what's going on with that? Thanks, Mike.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the latest I heard was they're trying to rebook it for another date. Don't know when, um, but you you could throw that fight on any card, and it just gives it a boost. Yeah, as far, as far as Shafkot goes, I mean, I think probably the best he can hope for right now is that Kamar Usman will kind of keep that same energy that he has towards Shamayev and transition it towards Shafkot, because I don't think Shamayev's going to fight Kamar Usman. Dana was kind of open to it, but only at 185, and it's just kind of asking a lot of Kamar Usman, if we're being honest, and Kamara certainly ain't getting a catchweight fight. I, I'd be interested in, in Kamara versus Shovkott. But again, if, if that fight can't happen, then I mean I don't know what you do. You just get him out get him an opponent. Get him somebody. Sean Brady's fighting Jack Della Maddalena at the international fight week card. Maybe the winner of that. If they're if it's like a quick fight or something. You could do I don't know how much Kevin Holland would be interested in fighting Shavkar Rachmaninoff, but just the name alone and how Kevin will build that fight up, that's another interesting one. But just you got to get him out there. You got to get him out there. He's at the top of people's minds right now. It's just a matter of keeping him there. But, yeah, he's in a weird spot. Shavkar probably lost out more than anybody with that whole thing, but we'll see how it goes. Michelle, Hello.
7: Hello Mike. Um so basically yeah. I don't know if you've um spoke about um Udobe's fight, but I just want to like kind of talk about what I said last time regarding like obviously I said he had the best chin in the UFC or one of the two, him and Vittori, and then he got TKO'd basically. And then obviously Fafola he um called out Paddy, Paddy Pimlet and I don't think that's a good fight for Paddy because I know that Pavola and Fafola um possesses good power. And, um, yeah, I don't think, and I think Paddy's a fraud, but now like, what's your opinion on that fight? If you've not mentioned it already, thank you.
2: Yeah. Good call. Uh, good call from Frivola. Liked it a lot. Um, timing may not be on his side, unfortunately, because of the injury to Paddy. Paddy sort of responded to it and said he would take that fight. Cause that's the easiest path to the top 15 and, He's probably not wrong. And this is no disrespect to Matt Favola. This is in all respect to the lightweight division, and just how damn good it is. Uh, the UFC is not going to throw Patty in there with Armand Sarukian or Grant Dawson or anybody of that nature. Uh, they're probably not going to throw him in there with Drew Dober. Maybe they throw him in there with Favola, but I don't know. It just seems like That fight, if it's going to get made, it's not going to get made for quite some time. So I think Favolo will probably end up fighting somebody else and let the chips fall where they may. But good fight, good performance. I kind of see where Dover was coming from with the stoppage. But uh, all the rewatches, I have no issue with the stoppage at all. Drew has been in big trouble in many, in a lot of his fights and was able to battle through. So I think he was just looking for that vet. Come on, give me a chance to recover, but didn't seem like that was going to get much better for him Mafravola just looked incredible. And if you can get Matt back in that New York, New Jersey ish area, you throw him on all of those cards because he looked like a freaking star on Saturday. Yeah. If you can get the Patty fight, jump all over it, but It doesn't look like that would happen anytime soon. What's Uh, up,
7: Abzualia? Yes, I've just got a few questions I want to ask. Um, Well, firstly, um, regarding the main event, I think it's a really good event. Um, As I I did say last week, I knew it was going to be a big wrestling match, and I have to say, Aljamain Sterling did a very good job on the um, wrestling, and he showed a lot of his um, unique grappling skills. He showed a lot of different techniques. Henry Cejudo came with great adjustments, and I also like the fact that Henry... um, was attacking in the striking field with Algemane because Algemane had the upper hand in that. So I think props to both of them. Um, I just want to know your thoughts on how do you see the Sean O'Malley fight and Algemane fight play out? And also, when do you think the Jamal Hill, um, Yuri Prohaska fight will happen? That's all I have to say, man. Have a good day.
2: The year, I mean, I just don't, we don't know what's going on with Yuri right now. So it's hard for me to say. I hope. I hope we see it sooner rather than later because that division, like nothing's happening at two Oh five right now, just nothing. And I know we have Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker coming up on Saturday, but even then it's like, nothing's really happening. So we kind of need that fight to happen and get put on the books. And for those two to actually fight each other for this division to kind of have some kind of direction because light heavyweight is not a great division. That fight between jamal hill and yuri prashka is gonna be incredible i can't wait for that fight whenever it happens but really needs to be done and yuri's just such a question mark right now we don't know when he's coming back what his shoulder looks like right now yuri seems to be the uh, the the forever optimist which i appreciate but again like i've said before and i know dana has since been like well I need to see this guy get a, a high-level win first before he fights for a title. I would not be shocked to see Alex Pereira step right into a title shot at 205 if Yuri ain't ready to go. I mean, nobody wants to see Jamal Hill fight Ankalaya for... I mean, maybe the Belhovich fight would be a little more interesting to the casual viewer, but the Alex Pereira fight would do pretty well on pay-per-view. So if you can't get Yuri, I think Alex Pereira would be a, a fun, entertaining possibility as... Like the plan B. But yeah, I have no idea. No idea what is going on with that man. Sterling O'Malley, I'm picking Aljamain Sterling. I do agree with Henry Cejudo because Henry said if Aljo can't take Sean O'Malley down, it could be a long night for him. He's probably not wrong about that, but I do think Aljamain Sterling will be able to take Sean O'Malley down. Uh, Sean is pretty tricky off of his back, but Aljo is just so big and strong and very smart and calculated. When it comes to those situations, I'm sure when they prepare for Sean O'Malley, they'll be preparing for a guy who's really good off of his back. So I think the opening odds were Sterling was a minus 240 favorite. I think that's about right to open. I think that's probably about right. I think by the time they fight, it'll be, I think Sterling will be around the minus. I don't know. Maybe he'll end right around the same because I do think there is a. Now people are kind of skeptical of Aljamain even still. And people love Sean O'Malley and they see him as a live underdog. I think Jed Mishu said on the first part of the ranking show I was listening to this morning that he hasn't quite gotten there yet, but he's inching more towards Sean O'Malley beating Aljamain Sterling. And I think he also said the same thing about Henry Cejudo beating Aljamain Sterling. But by the time he watched enough tape and got to the fight, he changed his mind and went Aljo. It's a big fight. I I think minus 240 is about right at this moment for, for Aljamain Sterling. CV, hello. Yo, Mike. Heck of a morning. Hope you had a great weekend.
5: Uh, I was going to ask another vibes check uh, ahead of game five tonight. But, um, yeah, I was just going to ask. Will Joe Mazzullo call a timeout tonight? But uh, I guess we'll find out. Um, but, yeah, I just want to comment. Um, I know everybody's saying how the lightweight – and the men's ben, bantamweight division is the most exciting. Uh, I want to put stock and I want to jump on the women's uh, strawweight uh, bandwagon, uh, especially Yan Xiaonan. I, I think that was a great finish. And I think that brought like a lot more excitement to the division. And also shout outs to uh, Stamp Fairtex uh, with the body, body kick uh, KO from one. Um, would love to see her in the UFC one day. Uh, that's it for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Stamp in the UFC too, but I just I don't think her personality can shine as much in the UFC. Like half of her, like a big chunk of why people love her so much is the big entrances, and I mean she could still dance her way to the octagon, but she's not the same. It just will feel a little less, a little more empty, not doing it on a on a stage like that. But man, Stamp is legit. That body kick was. Ferocious and nasty. Yeah, the Stra- look, division Division's always been the most exciting women's division. Like the fights really very rarely ever let you down. They're all fun. I just didn't expect Jan, Jan to go in there and just melt just Andrage. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I don't think when people were looking at the lineup that the one who could sit there and have the highlight of the night, I don't think Jan Janan was the fighter on anybody's bingo card, if you will. And damn it, she did it. But that division has always been fun. It's always been a fun division. It's lost a little bit of its luster because some of its depth has gone. Like a lot of the, some of the strawweights have moved up. Others have moved on. Rose Nami Yunus is always sort of a wild card. So we don't know when or if or who she's going to fight. Carla Sparza was the champion for a minute, and that fight with Rose just really put a damper on things. But strawweight's always been fun. It's probably the... The fights always deliver. As far as depth right now, it's probably not as deep as 125. 125 is probably the deeper division. There's a lot of up-and-coming, emerging contenders, but 115's not that far behind. So, yeah, great win for Yanjonan, and, man, that... That fight with, with Zhang Wei Lee is going to be big. It's going to be big. So good for her. It's just really good stuff. J-Stat, hello. You too. I believe Parker Porter should get the next shot over Skipe, but uh, that is all. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Thank you. Oh, that was it. Uh, Look, listen, Parker Porter. Parker freaking Porter. That's like, I I actually (laughs) went... I actually went back and uh, and rewatched that fight again Sunday morning. It is delightful. Even the rewatch is delightful. Braxton Smith is just, just watching that man throw punches like he is just ready to kill people is the best. And then he just kind of faltered and died, and Paca just beat him up. I don't know. And just hearing like Braxton Smith say like he's Basically training himself was just really weird. Like, why is he getting a call if he's doesn't have a team or anything? It just seemed very strange. But great win from Pacaporta, great post fight speech as well. Even uh, in his scrum, he said, like you can't get rid of John Jones in that fight because I mean anybody who fights John Jones on the regional scene that is still actively competing, that's going to be discussed. So good win. I jokingly said he should fight Sergei Pavlovich in the the co-main event of the John Jones-Stipe Car, but that's not obviously going to happen. But good win. Good win. Uh, we will be joined by Fabian Edwards in a matter of moments, I'm told. But let's keep the files going and go to the hard
8: uh... Hey, what's going on there, Mike? How we doing? Doing fantastic. Yourself? Good. Right on. So I heard you earlier talking about being in that bar with a couple of Philly fans uh, I remember back in the day, I'm a long-time Seahawks fan. I was in a bar where it was me and one other guy. The rest of the bar had Denver jerseys on in 2014. Uh, and then we proceeded to smack the ever-living shit out of Denver, 43-8. to 8. But either way, anyway, uh, so Sugar Sean, man, win or loss. Uh, I mean, if he loses against Aljo, where, where do we think he goes? And then in uh, – in that Sugar Sean fight, everybody's doubting him, just like they did against Peter. Y- Peter Jan. Uh I think Sugar Sean's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, and then if Connor does take the W uh, at one seventy, I think I don't want Colby to win the title, but I think either way, Colby or uh, Leon would be a very entertaining presser with uh, with Connor on the side. I just like to hear your thoughts on that. That's all I got. Thanks, Mike. Have a Good
2: morning thanks buddy yeah i that's gonna be a tough hang for being honest colby and connor it's gonna do giant business but boy the build to that fight's gonna be rough i, I will commend the ufc or I, I will give them credit because i did not want to see any sort of a build between Aljamain sterling and henry cejudo we saw like the the DC thing where it was like the double call and, and DC was conducting the interview and that was just awful. I was like, oh my God, we still have like six more weeks of this crap. But luckily they kept those two apart. Press conference was awful, um, but we got through it pretty quickly and then the fight was over and Cejudo is – I thought he handled – that was one of the more fascinating post-fight press conferences that you will ever see with Henry Cejudo. You're just seeing a guy who put it all on the line and came back after three years and wanted to just do something that no one had ever done before. And just watching him in the moment come to terms with a loss, but still trying to find positives in it and trying to get other people to sort of provide those positives. I mean, it's just... We could sit there and we can critique fighters all we want. But we have to also understand, like, this is what they do. This is their living. They have goals and dreams and aspirations just like any of us. And when you see a high-level competitor like Henry Cejudo come to terms with the loss the way that he did, like, you just got to feel for the guy. Like, you can like the guy. You can like the cringe and all that, whatever. But just watching him, like, kind of come to terms with it, it was just like, man, just hurts your soul a little bit. You know what I mean? But that is what it is. All right. We're going to take one call. For, we're going to take one more call, Barbarossa, and then we have a special guest that's going to join us in a matter of moments. So uh, Barbarusa, hello. What do you got? You're muted. All right. And he's not there. Okay. So let us welcome in one half of the Main event for Friday's Bellator 296 card, he will take on former champion Gegard Mousasi five-round middleweight contest. Paris, France, let us say hello to Fabian Edwards. Fabian, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How's everyone doing? We're doing great, man. So thank you for joining us. We are just a few days away from this big fight with Gegard Mousasi. And I guess the first question I have for you is... What was your reaction when you found out that Gegard Mousasi was going to be your next opponent?
9: Um, Not a big reaction. I expected it. You know, um, I expect for me to fight Mousasi because he just came off a of loss and I'm on the way to a title shot. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised by it.
2: Not surprised by it. And obviously, you, you've been preparing for this guy. You're coming off the win over Leo Machida. You're coming off the win over Charlie Ward and kind of seeing what, what Gegard did in his recent fight when he lost the belt to Johnny Eblen, what were some of the the big takeaways you had from that fight? I'm sure there's a lot of things that you saw that you're going to be able to use in, to your advantage in this fight. But what, what were some of your takeaways from Musasi's fight with Johnny Eblen?
9: Um, my takeaway was I was out, I was a kid, it was a secret until after the fight. You know what I mean? Don't give too much away, but um, okay. <laughs> you know I can't give the game plan away, but. Yeah, johnny John, um he exposed a lot of holes that was that's been there in missasi for for a lot of years you know so i know missassi's saying he never showed up and and all of that but Johnny just fought a smart fight you know um a lot of lateral movement and stuff and yeah we look to we look to um add to that you know like yeah yeah yeah.
2: Were were you surprised at, at how that fight went down? Did you think it would be more competitive to the, than that, or was that something you expected?
9: No, I was I was shocked as everyone else. You know, um, I thought it was going to be a close fight. Or I even had Gay God um, to win the fight. So I think Johnny shocked a lot of us, and I think Gay God himself was shocked. But he trying to he trying to play downplay that saying that he wasn't prepared and all of that shit. But that's just how he fights, and obviously Johnny exposed him that time.
2: So, do you think after coming off this loss that Gegard is going to be like more prepared? Obviously, coming off that loss, he wants to get back to that title. I'm sure he want to run that back and get that bad taste out of his mouth. But are you expecting the best Gegard Musasi possible on Friday? Yeah, I hope.
9: You know, I hope. Otherwise, it's a short night. You know, so yeah, I hope it's the best Gegard, and yeah, that's it.
2: And by the way, we we're speaking with Fabian Edwards, who takes on. Gaygard Mosasi in the main event of Bellator Paris on Friday. So if the peeps here have questions for Fabian Edwards. Uh, please go ahead and hop in, and he will answer some of these questions. Obviously, it's media day today, and you guys had you guys had the press conference already, right, Fabian? Yeah, yeah, we had it. We had, it, um, yeah, we had it, um, this this afternoon.
9: So yeah, morning.
2: Yes, and how did you enjoy that? What did you take away from from the experience? And being able to, to share the stage with your opponent. It's all right,
9: you know, just, just mature, you know. <laughs> Gegard's not really like, he's not really a talker like that. So um, I didn't really expect much from it, you know. Um, it's good to look into his eyes and, and get a
2: feeling. Yeah, that, that that's about it. And now, of course, Johnny Eblin after his win over Tokov, said, listen, I'm eyeballing this Gagar Mousasi, Fabian Edwards fight. I'm going to take on the winner, so... If you win this fight, like, it's a no-brainer. There's no other fight. You and Johnny Evelyn are fighting for the title. Is Are you not? Yeah, when I
9: win it, when I win it, I'm there for a fight for that title, you know, and I'm taking that title off him. I know he's been going around saying the best middleweight
5: and all of that, but,
9: yeah, when I win this fight,
2: I look to take it off him, you know? Yeah, that'll be a big fight. We're, should, we should probably do this fight in, in London, right? For
9: London, Birmingham. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <that be> <laughs> are you doing in Birmingham? Yeah,
9: should I in Birmingham? Uh, yeah, that would that would make some history
2: for Birmingham. So, yeah, I'll be trying to push for that. That would be absolutely massive. And so, how do you see this fight playing out? What's the? Uh, I, I don't know if you're in the prediction game, but what, what's what's the the thought process that plays out in your mind when it comes to this fight on Friday? What are the headlines going to read when we're writing this thing up?
9: The headline going to re- read Fabian defeat or dominate Missassi. You know, um that's it. Win. That's all that's a, that's all um the mindset, just win by any means necessary. By any means, you know what I mean? I'm I'm going on with that win and whether that, that whether that's a finish or that's a um a clean five round fight, but I'm getting my hand raised at the end of it, so that's it.
2: Where does this put you overall? Like you beat Gagar Musasi, you're knocking on the door of a title fight. Where do you think a win over Gegard puts you, like in the overall global rankings at 185? Like top five, top ten, higher? Where Where do you think a win over Gegard puts you in that? Yeah,
9: left for the top ten, top five middleweights. You know, what I mean, a lot of people are, um, before he lost his title, everyone was saying he was the best middleweight and and all of that in, in the world. You know, and so when I go in there and I defeat him, yeah, I want to have that same
2: that that same respect put on my name as well. I mean, you 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 could be in a position where at the end of the year, you and your brother will be world champions. Is that something you guys talk about at this at this stage in your careers? Yeah, you know
9: it's um it's a thing. It, it, it was a dream and it's close. You know, what I mean, it's a, it's a very close dream. My brother achieved his gold belt. Um, I'm two fights away from achieving mine, and yeah, I'm doing everything in my power to make sure I achieve that. You know.
2: And uh, obviously, there's a lot of discussion about Leon right now. Mm. Should he fight Colby Covington? We just saw Bilal Muhammad get a big win right now, and we haven't really heard from Leon since. And I don't know what sort of insight you can provide us, but uh, he seems to think that Colby should not be getting a title shot right now. That he has to go out and get a win, and maybe that's something that can be discussed. But mm. Bilal, coming off that win on Saturday, wh- what's wh- where is his mind sort of at right now? Is he coming to the coming to terms? With a possible fight with Colby, or is he still kind of hesitant about that idea?
9: Obviously, anyone can get it, but Colby don't deserve it. You know what I mean? I know he, I know a lot of guys, and they think he deserves it, but when Leon was sitting on the sideline due to our um, fights being canceled and, and, and COVID and all of that, he was taken out of the rankings. You know what I mean? Colby sat on the sideline refusing fights or whatever he was going through. He come back, beats a Mastodal, and then all of a sudden he deserved You know what I mean? It's just... From our point of view, it's like Leon had to work hard to get his shot. And now Colby's lost twice to the ex-champion. And now he deserves a shot from beating Mastodal. I think it should be Bilal versus Colby. And the winner of those two get a shot at, um, um,
2: at my brother, you know? Do you think that the Colby fight is bigger in terms of box office than a Bilal Muhammad fight right now? Or do you think it's kind of 50-50?
9: Um, yeah, probably bigger. You know, Colby likes to talk, talk a lot of shit and, and, and all of that. So... In, in terms of that, yeah, it's bigger, right? But, like, my brother's not fucking scared of fighting anyone. He's just fought, the, the like, one of the goats, you know what I mean? I beat him twice. So, it's not a fact of, uh oh, I don't want to fight this guy because I'm scared. It's just he's had to graph hard to get to his position. And Kobe hasn't done for call in terms of, like, the last couple of years. So, that's, that's the only thing that don't rub us the right way, you know?
2: And how motivating has Leon's run been for you? Just see because Leon had to take the the long road, mm-hmm. right? He took a, the long yep. road. At one point, he got taken out of the freaking rankings yep. because of the Hamza Shamiyev situation, and then he just silenced everybody. knocks out Kamar Usman and then comes back and wins the decision in London, mm-hmm. and looked like a massive star doing it. And now you have this big fight. You're knocking on the door of a title shot yourself. Like, how motivating has that been for you?
9: I'm very motivated. You know, I'm very motivating, but, um. Yeah, that's that's it, you know, like to see it happen from from hometown, but then to see it happen um, from a family member is is just surreal, you know. So yeah, it just it just make us confirm. Just believe in the team, you know what I mean? Just believe in the team, believe in the coaches, put your head down and work and you can achieve it and yeah, that's what I'm out here to do.
2: All right, let's see. Uh, I see some people hopping in. So if you have questions for Fabian Edwards, one half of Friday's Bellator Paris main event, he takes on Gegard Mousasi. Hop on in and we'll bring you in and you guys can ask Fabian Edwards some questions. Cole, do you have a question for Fabian? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, it's a UFC-related question. Is that not okay? Go for it. Whatever you All want right. to ask. So I just want to get a, a quick gauge on what what kind of percentage would you put on Connor Chandler happening this year and where was that percentage you think about like three weeks ago I'm just kind of trying to gauge if you guys think that this fight is getting away from happening this year or still is, has a big possibility of happening that's all I got thanks man um, I'll actually address that later um, let's let's keep the questions for Fabian at this moment uh, Abzualia do we have you do you have a question for Fabian
7: uh, hi Fabian um, I just got a question regarding the mindset that you're going heading towards this fight what type of um, without giving your game plan away what type of um, fighting style are you really uh, particularly focusing on with your opponent and how do you intend to tackle and how many rounds do you see yourself you know possibly finishing or ending this guy that's all I have man best luck to your fight
9: thank you um what part I've been working on the most um I think all you know all of it all of it um I think this camp for me has been mainly focused on just being the best version of myself, you know, um, and that's it. I know I know. Misashi seems to think the wrestling part um, ain't up to scratch or anything and he going not look to take it there, but I'm ready in all areas. You know, I really do think I'm better in all, in all areas and when I turn up on, on Friday night, like everyone will see that, you know, so yeah.
2: Are you enjoying Paris right now, Fabian? What is, what's the atmosphere like? Are people just fired up for this card out there?
9: You know what? Me and my team have just been here walking around um, laughing. You know what I mean? Like, we haven't really been – we're not really the type of team to sit down and be all moody and and deep in our thoughts. You know, we know we've done the work. So, we're here. We – um, yeah, just, enjoy, just enjoying Paris. The weather's a bit shit, you know what I mean? But, like, <laughs> the nice building, the nice food. Obviously, I can't enjoy it too much of, but – yeah
2: Uh, that that meal after (laughs) weigh-ins is probably going to be just delightful uh let's go to adib uh anthony's on deck let's see if we can get adib in here adib do you have a question for fabian edwards fabian how are you doing man i do mate okay uh yeah, I'm good. Yeah, So, I mean, heading
9: into
7: the Kamaru Usman fight, Leon Edwards was seen as a big underdog. Um, do you feel the same way heading into a fight against Gegard Musasi, one of the biggest kickboxing legends? And do you take the same energy that Leon had into this fight? And once again, we're all rooting for you, mate. Good luck.
9: Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I, I feel that way. You know, obviously, in terms of um, probably the media and stuff, but... Me and my team don't feel that way, you know, um, and that's all I'm at. You know, we're, we're, we're fully locked in. Like I said, the work's been done. The work has been done. I'm, I'm super confident, and I'm not just saying that for just for the sake of saying it. I am really confident and calm, and, yeah, I'm just really ready to turn it on, you know, and, and put a show on and get that win.
2: All right, I'll take two more, and then we'll let, uh, we'll let Fabian do his thing. Anthony, uh, do you have a question for Fabian Edwards? Yeah, I was just wondering, uh, it feels like after Leon won the
8: first one against Usman, it feels like we started hearing about uh, you more, Fabian, and we saw mm-hmm. you destroy Charlie Ward and started talking title aspirations. Did, did you feel like you gained something, like a level of confidence or something, or do you think it's just uh, perfect timing with you and your brother? That's all.
9: Awesome. Um. Yeah, definitely getting some confidence from it, you know. Um, I'm training my brother. My brother's obviously said the level that I'm at, you know. Um, so that gave me confidence, and yeah. What are the rest of the question? Sorry.
2: Uh, yeah, it was just you know the confidence you took, and do you feel like you yeah. got personally sort of a boost from what Leon's been able to accomplish in your own right?
9: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I feel like obviously that 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 shined light, and because obviously one of us do. Do well. We all do well. You know what I mean? Um, it's a family affair between us and the coaches. So, mm-hmm. also, by Leon going out there and doing well, that's trying to light on me, my coaches. And, yeah, just to, just to kind of show to the world, we knew what we were doing was good, but just to show to the world what, what we're doing in Birmingham is, is the right thing. And, yeah, I look forward to doing the same thing.
2: Well, you get, uh, you get the opportunity to show the world once again this Friday, Bellator Paris, the main event against former champion Gegard Mousasi on your quest to becoming a world champion in your own right. So, Fabian, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and all the best to you this week and in the fight on Friday, man. I appreciate it very much.
9: I appreciate everyone. Thanks for that, yeah? Thank you.
2: All right, there he was. Uh, There he is, Fabian Edwards, uh, main eventer. Big fight with Gegard Mousasi on Friday. I'm curious, like, hearing some of the questions... um, I'm curious what the betting odds are here. Uh, Gagar Mousasi, minus 275. The comeback on Fabian Edwards, plus 220. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, let's go to YVMZ, and then I'll address one of the other questions from earlier, and then we get to get out of here. So y- uh, YVMZ, hello.
3: Hi, Mike. Heck of a morning. Uh, two quick questions for you. you two. Um, do you like... I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on Brandon Moreno against Henry Cejudo. I think that one would be an interesting fight. I don't know if it'd be for the flyweight title, but wanted to get your thoughts on that. And two, um, do you know anything about the event uh, coming to Utah? Thanks so much. Uh, I don't.
2: I saw uh, Marcel reports that there's discussions. I've heard the saying that they want to go back to Utah after – The event from last August, I believe it was, when Leon won the belt. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went back there. I don't know if they're going to get a full-fledged pay-per-view or if they'll get, like, a fight night card. not really sure. Yeah. I don't really know. It's a great question. But we'll see. I'm sure we'll we'll get some info on that sooner rather than later. Uh, Adib, Hello. Are you there?
7: Hey, hey. You there? Yeah, yeah. can you hear me? Yeah, I got
2: you. What's
7: up? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I've got a question. I mean, you guys have seen uh, recently in, in regards to the Bellator fight, you saw how Johnny Eblem really dominated Gegard Musasi. Do you kind of see this as uh, uh, an all with the hill Gegard Musasi coming in now, or do you still think he has something left in the tank? Because, I mean, he's had so many fights over the years, and he's I mean, his record is insane for a fighter. So what, what, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I still think Giger Musasi is is at the top, not at the top of his game, but he's still a, a top 85-er. Uh, I would pick guard against, you know, a few of the top 15 in the UFC right now. But you you make a great point. He's 37. He's got almost 60 MMA fights, not to mention the other combat sports competitions he's had and he's taking on fabian edwards who seems to be hitting his athletic peak right now he's only he just turned 30 so he's got a long way to go in in terms of his athletic prowess and as we've seen we've seen statistics look crazy i know the higher weight classes it doesn't really mean as much but when you get to that 36 37 range you just start to fall off a little bit like father time is undefeated for a reason whether it's Henry Cejudo or anybody else, so I, I'm not saying he's like done, but to say that he's not the same guy that he was is not an unfair thing to say. But who knows? Maybe guard will take what what happened with Johnny Eblen, and that'll give him a new fire that we didn't know was there. So I, I guess the answer to your question is we'll find out on Friday. But Musasi is the betting community seems to be with Musasi. is a pretty sizable favorite heading into this fight. So if he wants to get back to a title fight, he's got to win this one. And I'm sure he wants that rematch with Johnny Ebblin. I'm sure he's got a, a very bad taste in his mouth with all of that. So I guess we'll see on Friday. I think he's still fine, but he's not the same guy. Yeah. Four out sniper. Hello. Take us home. Hey, heck
6: of a morning, Mike. Uh, just real quick, two quick questions for you. Um, I've heard noise about Al Jermaine being or possibly being forced to turn around as soon as uh, August comes around, August, September. Uh, Do you think the UFC is going to try to force him to turn around that quickly? And also, if that fight does happen around that timeline, who do you think it favors more? Do you think it favors Aljo or uh, Sean O'Malley?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if force is the right thing because Aljo was in the MA hour and he said September. He said if he had his druthers, he would do it in September. Usually the UFC pay-per-view in September is like, The second week, so it would be like a three-week difference because Boston is August 19th. At least that's the targeted date. So it's not like he's being forced to jump in like three months earlier or anything. It's like three weeks. Um, Would that probably be a little sooner than Alger would like? Sure. But at the end of the day, this is the biggest fight for Aljamain Sterling right now especially at 135, there's no bigger fight for him. Will it be the main event? It could, that one could definitely carry a pay-per-view at worst, at least after talking to Colby yesterday, Colby wants August. So he could be, that's a big event right there. If you do Leon Colby and then you do Aljamain Sterling, Sean O'Malley, Holy smokes. Like that is going to do well on pay-per-view and it's going to sell. It's going to sell all the tickets at the garden too. I can tell you this, there, I have been asked about many cities in many areas around the world about when the UFC might be coming there by far Boston is the, is, is the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to when are they coming back here? When are they coming back here? I get DMS and questions all the time. Boston is far and away the most asked about city when it comes to that. And that play like Boston's ready. Boston is ready for a UFC card. It's been a while. October 2019 was the last one. That was the Dominic Reyes Chris Weidman card, and that place was full from Jump Street. And Boston comes out. They come early. They they they're they're energetic. They're a good crowd. They're gonna come out for that one. That's for sure. But I don't. I don't. I, I still think. It favors Algebra and Sterling whenever they fight. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. We'll see. Uh one more thing I'll I'll address before we get out of here. Uh someone asked about the Connor Chandler thing. Do I have I guess confidence that it'll happen this year? Yes. Yes. I do. And if you're Connor, you definitely want this fight to happen sooner rather than later, especially with the Leon Colby thing coming up for the exact reasons I just talked about earlier. Bilal Muhammad winning that fight puts him in a great spot. But like I said, if if you're Bilal and they do Colby Leon in August, and then they somehow book Connor Chandler in September or somewhere around there, you are going to be nervous. And you should be. So I feel like it'll get done this year. I, have, I don't know anything about this, honestly. Like, I haven't seen any clips or anything like that, and I know Dane has talked about it a little bit, but I've talked to some people who are aware of what happened on The, on the Ultimate Fighter, and basically people have told me, and these are people who are kind of like me when it comes to that show. It's just like, oh, The Ultimate Fighter again. It's been the same show for 30 seasons or whatever. They feel that once that show starts and the weeks and the the programs continue to run and the stories are being told and Connor and Chandler begins to brew and brew more, that by the time that season ends, everybody covering the sport, watching the sport, that's going to be the talk of the sport is that fight. I don't know. Anything further, but everyone's like, wait, when that season comes out, like people are going to watch it. Even me, and I already know what happened. So we'll see. But I think once Connor ends up on that screen, he starts doing his thing. I think people are going to be hankering for it and and clamoring for it. And it's going to be a huge fight this year. I would probably put on, I would probably just keep it for December at this point because we got some big ones coming up. Jones and Stipe is going to do November. Let's just put ourselves in a, in a decent spot for December. Cause that December pay-per-view last year was not good. It was not very good. We got Patty Pimble, and Jared Gordon as the co-main, which ended up being like a fight people cared about, but we got Magomed, Ankalaev, Jan Bohovich in the main event, and yikes. December is usually one of like the, the tent pole pay-per-views and, That one, I think the UFC has to kind of make it up to the peeps this year. So that'd be a good time for it. So, all right, everybody, we are done. Thank you very much. Uh, Big shout out to Fabian Edwards for taking some time out to join the program. Make sure you tune in to Bellator Paris. I believe the prelims start around noon Eastern on Friday. It'll be a day card. So we're going to get blessed with a couple of day cards this weekend. And that just makes me so happy. Uh, So best of luck to him. Uh, Interview with Colby Covington will be dropping on the YouTube channel shortly. So stay tuned for that. And I will be talking to Brent Primus a little bit later as well. Uh, He is part of the lightweight Grand Prix matchup this Saturday uh, at Bellator Paris. Taking on Mansour Barnway. And that should be a hell of a fight. So looking forward to chatting with him and looking forward to chatting with all of you on Thursday. We'll be back 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll do it again. But until then, everybody have a great rest of your day. And as always, have a heck of a morning.